It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Just better now. That's all you can say. Run, Lindsey. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Welcome to the Blog the Dogs podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley here, as always, with my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, bark at the people. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed part one of the interview with Jamie Dean. Today, we have part two for y'all. Just so you know, this interview was taken about a month ago before everything in the world happened. So there's going to be a little bit of context here that we want to put out for y'all. For example, one of the things Jamie was doing on this particular day was going to see the Diamond Dogs play. So just for a little context uh, about what was going on in the world at the time, you could still actually go to sporting events. Yeah, we talked to Jamie at the beginning of March. I think when we talked to him, his family was preparing to go on a spring break trip. The world was still functioning as it was. You know, this was all before the, the world has rocked off her axis. So, but great stuff. Jamie shares some awesome stories, some of his personal memories, you know, whether it be going to the Rose Bowl or the hat that he wears every game day. That was a gift to him from Mr. Seiler. Uh, just a lot of great stories. So uh, uh, here is part two, and we hope you enjoy it. Well, hey, Jamie, we want to close with you. We close with all our guests, we, what we call the Smart 16 in honor of our fearless leader, our head coach. So the first question is, what's your middle name? Linton, L-I-N-T-O-N. Who is your favorite dog? Oh, my gosh. Well, we talked about David Andrews. Oh, Thomas Davis back in the day. I love the Stinchcomb brothers. I think David Green is an awesome guy. Champ Bailey. Buck Blue is a great guy. You can't forget Herschel. Coach Dooley is awesome. It's just too hard. So my del facto, I go to Larry Munson is my favorite dog of all time. Irreplaceable. All right. That's a good one. Boy, that's a good one. How about your favorite game? Oh, easy. Rose Bowl. Took my whole family. Went to San Diego. First time my kids had been to California. We stayed at Coronado down in San Diego for two days. Drove up to Pasadena. My mom is the past Rose Bowl Grand Marshal. So mom was the, the Grand Marshal for the Rose Bowl, I think in 13 or whenever that was. But as a previous Grand Marshal, she gets tickets for life. Oh, I didn't know that. She has two tickets for every Rose Bowl in eternity. So my mom gave me those tickets for Christmas. There's a picture of me crying, holding Rose Bowl tickets because I didn't think I was going. I got them on Christmas. I found two more. So Brooke and Matthew were separated from Jack and I. And in that whole stadium, it was packed. I don't have to tell you, there were two seats next to us that were empty. And so my wife and my younger son was able to move over. And the four of us sat together on the 50 for the Rose Bowl. And when Sony scored, I felt like if if I was ever going to dunk a basketball, that was the time. (laughs) Then the shell flew over in the mountain. I mean, the Rose Bowl, man. It was – so we went to the parade and then we went to the game. I'll never forget it. I told my boys, you could live to be 100 and you may never see another football game like this. It was just – 
far and above the best ever. Yeah, I, I really have to agree with that. My brother and I went out very last minute. We stayed in Manhattan Beach. We, nice. we rode bikes from Manhattan Beach up to Santa Monica, did the Santa Monica Pier. We called the dogs on the Santa Monica roller coaster on the pier. Nice. Um, and it was, so we, we, got to, we got to Pasadena at about 6.45 in the morning, and we parked on the 18th fairway. Because, you know, there's that golf course right behind, uh, right behind the stadium. Yeah. And uh, we were just sitting there like, man, we are at the Rose Bowl today. And it was, I mean, if you remember that day, how majestic was it that day? I mean, it was just so beautiful. And you go in the stadium, and the panoramics and the views are crazy. And you mentioned the stealth. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm talking about it right now, and the hair on my arms is standing up. Like, that is how – oh, it was just incredible. And to your point, just the way that game went with the first half being how it was, and oh. it just felt like the defense was on ice skates the whole time. And then to have that second half, and then – Sony fumbles and you think it's over and then Jake takes them down the field and they tie it and for Zoe to block that kick. And then, oh, I mean, it was I, after that game was over, I looked at my brother and I said, I seriously think I need an IV right now. I am exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I think I was the first person in our section to yell he blocked it when, when he got a piece of the field goal. I jumped and screamed. He blocked it. And it seemed like it was complete silence around me. And then by the time I hit the ground. Everything was bananas. When Hot Rod hit the field goal yeah. at the end of the half, I looked at Jack and I said, this is it. I said, do not give up. You set the field goal record at the gun at halftime and Baker running away, running around the way that he was. I said, boys, this is it. We're, we're going to win. Didn't you think it was cool, too? It was essentially like Athens West in Pasadena that day. I mean, it was red and black everywhere. I saw so many people that I knew some that I knew and some that I knew in passing and that I've seen here around. And that's really where kind of the legend of, of Georgia traveling came from, I think, because yeah. for me, I've always said if I could ever see Georgia play for the national championship in the Rose Bowl, I would, I'd start walking today and I'll meet y'all at kickoff. You got that right. And even though it wasn't the national championship, it was national championship junior. I mean, it, it, it was a huge, significant game for us. But just to walk in that bowl and walk downstairs. And because I always wondered about the trees along the top mm -hmm. of the stadium. I thought, how tall are there trees out there? Yeah. And you don't realize it's really a bowl carved out of the earth. Just unbelievable. I, I, I just, I will never miss a Georgia game in the Rose Bowl. I'll tell you today, I guarantee it. I don't care what I got to do to walk in that building and see the red and black is. Dream come true for me. Who is your favorite rivalry? Well, I sure do hate Florida. I sure do hate Florida. All my in-laws are tech folks, so I'll have to go with tech. We do a, a home and away every year. I give them two of my tickets, and they give me two of theirs. And I'm riding the highway with them right now. I got a picture of my brother-in-law next to me. He's wearing – he put on some Georgia Tech pants, and he's wearing his pants. And we smoked Tech. This was a couple of years ago. And I'm just wetting my britches, laughing at him at the end of the game so hard, and the disgust on his face. And I love it. So I'd say probably Tech is the one I look most forward to, but if Florida was on fire, I wouldn't TT on them. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think we can all agree there. What is your favorite away stadium? Oh, away stadium? You know what? I've always enjoyed um, – I had fun at Tennessee. A good friend of mine, a good dog friend of mine lives in Knoxville, and that was fun. But they put in so much artificial noise, I had no idea. That that field is ringed with giant speakers. It's all artificial noise. 
I think I really enjoy going to Auburn. It, it's a beautiful stadium when they let the Eagle go and it flies around. They got the, you know, I enjoy, I lived in Columbus for a time when I was young. So we stay in Columbus and I kind of go see my old house and I enjoy going to Auburn. My wife and I, that's the first away trip we made. So that's kind of special for me. Auburn folks are okay too. What is the loudest home game you've ever attended? Uh, gosh, I'd, I'd probably say Notre Dame. I think there was a Tennessee game seven or eight years ago. I hate to have recency bias, but when those lights came on in the stadium for the first time and Notre Dame was there, it was – I could not hear myself think. I thought that was as an electric environment as I've ever been in between the hedges. Yeah, it's amazing how much that changed things. I, I remember looking at my brother that night and going, I feel like this is the biggest deal in America right now. Like It just felt – the magnitude of it just felt bigger than it's ever felt at a game I've been to at Sanford, and, and it was just electric. Like, you know, they talk about sellouts, and I know it's always mostly full – but there won't an empty seat there that night, brother. I mean, it was it was packed. Yeah. I mean, they brought in a couple of extra hundred in in the end zone or something, right? I mean, just the that's right the magnitude of that. And I I really regret that I wasn't able to go to South Bend. I think that'd be a, a fun place to go see a game, but obligations got in the way. And so I'd been looking forward to them coming down. And at night with the lights, it was just so cool. It was just my oldest son and I, we walked to the stadium from the house and that whole day was just huge. It was, it was awesome. So this is a, an especially notable question for you. I feel like what is your go-to tailgate food? You know, simple, man. I, I don't, I'm not going to drag a grill out or do any of that stuff. I usually prepare stuff at the house and pack a cooler. So I'll make uh, pimento and cheese or, you know, just cold sandwiches. By the time I'm anywhere near the stadium, I'm thinking about, you know, other things. So, and I've, I've loved to go to tailgates and God bless the people that break out the tables and the tablecloths and all that stuff. It's exhausting for me. I'd rather you, you guys already know me, just give me a pimento cheese sandwich and a couple of creature comforts. I'm good to go. What is the cocktail you're mixing for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? I wouldn't be above bringing a gallon of Bloody Mary's down there with some pickled okra and some good green olives. And I make a, a Bloody Mary that's a little spicy and it's all natural. So you almost have to chew it. And then you cut it with a little bit of clear adult beverage. It's a good one. Bloody Mary. I'll go with that. And we might have to get a recipe on that. That sounds, that sounds delicious. What is uh we talked about this a little bit earlier, but what if you could only eat in one place, what is your favorite place to eat now? Uh, it's my house, man. I love to eat. I love to eat at my house with my family. I'm sorry to, I, I haven't been to every place enough to take a, you know, to be fair about it. But, you know, Little Italy's got a lunch special, two slices and a Diet Coke for about $6. That's pretty good. You can't beat that. <laughs> That's one thing about Athens. You can find some cheap food. Oh, I'm all for that. I got four kids. I need it as cheap as I can find it. I did. Uh, I put, uh, I mean, I, we, I did just four steaks last night. It was as good as any you can buy. I did it here at the house. Um, I've, I, I smoked some chicken last week that was, I mean, I did beef ribs about a month ago that are so good. So, you know, having my mom passed on to me the ability to cook and I feel like it's my responsibility to flex it. So I cook as good for my family here as I can. And 
it's a lot more affordable to eat here at the house than go out to, you know what? There ain't no place to park in Athens. That's why I don't go to any of those restaurants. The parking is crazy. That's very true. That is very true. It's not too dissimilar from Savannah, except Savannah has 13 million people coming from outside to try to park there. But here in Athens, you know, between the students and everybody downtown, and I'm not complaining about it, but I like to, I'm a homeboy, man. I like to eat at the house. That way I don't have to put any shoes on. Oh, I, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, we're we're, uh, we're flip flops and, and anti shoes over here, so I'm all for that. <laughs> Do you have any game day superstitions? Speaking of Mr. Sonny, he gave me a hat, and you know the hat that Mr. Sonny wears. I, I I brought it with me to show you guys, but you know the one I'm talking about. It's from the Coach Dooley era. Yep. Probably maybe four years ago, I I saw Mr. Sonny somewhere, and I said, Mr. Sonny, where do you get that hat from? And he said, well, I have them made for me. There's a, a hat company in Kentucky, I think, that has been making his hats. And he said, I'll give you one. And I said, okay, that'd be awesome. This is four years ago. And every time I'd see him, he'd say, I haven't forgot about you. I got your hat. And we opened, we reopened Uncle Bubba's. My uncle um, had the oyster house in Savannah. And God rest his soul, he passed last year. But he'd gotten he'd had his fill of the restaurant business and we decided to reopen it as a family and it's called Creek House. It's a seafood restaurant. I invited Mr. Sonny and and his family to come up for the grand opening. And he walked in and he had a little paper bag and handed me that bag and it had his hat in it. And I I could tear up right now just thinking about it. It's the proudest thing that I have. And I've worn it to every single game except for the Auburn game when they beat us in Auburn was that two years ago, three years ago, I was, I went to somebody's house for something and I couldn't wear my hat and we lost and I've lost a couple of games in that hat. But if I'm going to the ball game, I got on my hat and there's only two people in the stadium that's got it. And that's me and Mr. Sonny. Oh man. How good is that? that that's, that's awesome. His daughter told me, she said, I have never known daddy to give anybody one of those hats and I could not be more proud of it. Oh, what a treasure that is. That's, that's awesome. That's so awesome. It is. So what is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition, whether it's Lone Trumpet, Red Coat Marching Band, Spelling Georgia, you know, Larry Munson coming over the, the broadcast and, and bringing the game in? What, what's your favorite thing about the pregame there? I love all that, but it's the, the national anthem for me. The national anthem when everybody stands up and you take your hat off. And I, I get tears in my eyes every time, just the – just being there and being so happy and knowing that's the start of the game and the flag and the country and what it represents. And I just take a, I've got a lot of pride in that. So when the national anthem goes up and our family sings it and it's hard for me to get through it and that that's it for me. I love all of it, but when the, when the national anthem kicks off, it's go time. Amen to that brother. We've been getting kind of mixed reactions on this one and mixed opinions, black jerseys. Yes or no. Oh, I don't care. You know, if the kids like it, um, whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm more traditionalist for me. I want silver britches, red jerseys, red hats. That that's all I want. You know, the the gear that they rolled out with against Boise State, I just I didn't like that. The all uniforms we wore in Florida one year, I didn't like those. Burn it. Um, you know, we're the University of Georgia. We're red and black. And you know, the but if the kids like it, I've been to a few blackout games, it's fun. I don't think it's worth all the talk. I think people talk about it too much. But if the kids want to wear it, who are we to say? They're doing an awful lot of work. And I guess it's up to 
smart too, right? I'd like to know what he thinks about it. But Kirby was part of the teams that actually wore the red pants or and the black pants, wasn't he? And he was part of the last team that actually wore the, the helmet with the black stripe down the middle. It would be interesting if he actually brought those back, just maybe as a one-off. He did He did actually was part of those teams that wore them. Yeah, that's the thing. I, it's funny, they've kind of danced around it. And I get the feeling he is a traditionalist in a lot of ways. And, and I think he embraces that red jerseys at home with the silver britches is about iconic as it gets. So I think to your point, because he's a recruiting master, I think he, he keeps the black jerseys in play and you might see him against one of the, the one double a schools or the non power fives. But I think if it's a big time opponent and that Georgia G is on TV with lots of eyes watching, they're going to be in the red and I'm okay with that. I get that. If we're going to go retro, I'd like to see just the silver helmet. I think that would be cool. Like you go way back to like target. Yeah, with just the red G. But you mash up all these colors and try to create something like for Boise State or Florida. That's baloney. Yeah, that that didn't look good. What is the loss you're still not over? The natty and the rain, man. That was the worst. It was a miserable day. It was so cold and so rainy. And the president was there. And it took two hours to get in. And sit through the game and just know that we're going to win. And then to have Jalen Hurts come in who – and I don't have any animosity towards any of these kids. When Jalen changed schools, I pulled for him. You know, all these kids, you got to do your own thing, you know. But I felt like when he came in, that was our opportunity. And, you know, it just wasn't. And that was that was kind of hard. The rest, you know, they're all kind of – they kind of blend together. You know, you go – the first game that my wife and I went to in Auburn, Masaqua almost got killed across the middle. Auburn creamed us, you know. And so you remember those losses, but none of them will stand out like that that night in Atlanta for the national championship. We were close, man. Yeah, close, really close. All right. Well, you mentioned the varsity a couple of times. So, what do you have at the varsity? Let me have three with slaw and chili. I'll take half rings, half fries. And just to keep my figure, I'll go with the large Diet Coke. I appreciate it. Thank y'all. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm here for that. Boy, that, I could go for that right now, too. We had Dr. Stan Beecham on, who was the first ever hairy dog about a week ago. And he told us, don't fool with the frosted orange. He said, that's a rookie move because you're not supposed to drink your calories. And I said, you know, I never thought about that because I do love me a frosted yeah. orange, but I'm going to take note. I might give me an extra chili talk next time I go. There you go. You get number three because you're drinking a Diet Coke. That's right. Let me tell you, you know, that just reminded me, losing to Auburn when I wasn't wearing my hat, another game that has to be the most memorable B or, or small A was I took my son to the SEC championship when we avenged that loss. And that was a, that was a fantastic game. It's the first SEC championship that Jack had been to, and that was really exciting for us. And then the following year, I took my son, Matthew, and I went to the SEC championship game this past year that we lost to LSU, and that was a pretty tough loss too. He's eight years old, so at halftime he said, I want to go, Daddy. It's not fun anymore. So we kind of taught him a lesson through the second half about how to carry yourself and how you win and and how you lose and enjoying the experience and the day together. But that SEC championship against Auburn, that was a pretty good day too. Yeah, and that, so you went this year, so you've been to the the Benz. How, it's, it's such a neat arena. And, and I love how when you go in, there's the escalator, and when you get to the top of the escalator, just like they do at the College Football Hall of Fame, they have every high school football team's helmet in the state of Georgia. I think that is so cool. 
Yeah, it's phenomenal. Matthew and I went by the college hall of fame before the game this year. It's the first time that I've been in and we had a great time going in there. Atlanta's a cool place, man. I love to visit my wife from Atlanta and we get the Atlanta news here in Athens and I see that traffic every morning. I don't see how folks live in it, but it sure is fun to visit. And the, the bins is awesome too, because of the amount I've, I'm a big fan of art. I love design and art, you know, through like cookbooks that we've done, I've got to do some of the photography aspects of it, some of the design. So you go into a place that celebrates art. A friend of mine, Matt Habermel from SCAD, he's got a huge mural inside of there. And he lives in Los Angeles now, but I go in and I see his art and you just see their attention to detail. And I really love that they don't gouge you on the prices of concessions. That's huge, man. As a consumer, yeah. you go in and say, wow, that's really decent of them to you know, let you refill your drink throughout the game if you want. They're going to make their money, but I think that's a class move too. I think Mr. Blank's probably a pretty good guy. Yeah, that struck us too, that family-friendly pricing. I went down at halftime to get uh, a couple drinks for my, my brother and I. Like, I think we were getting two or three waters, and she gave me the price. And I said, well, ma'am, I got, I got four waters. And she said, no, baby, that's the price. And I thought, man, this is awesome. And uh, to your point, it, 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 I think that's great. I think it speaks to kind of the spirit of what it should be, right? Like it, you should be able to take your family to a game and not feel like you need to take out a loan to do it. So I, I agree with that. I thought that was really great. What do you, I hate to break up your 16. I want to ask y'all a question. What do you think about the alcohol sales that they're proposing here in the, you know, kind of around the NCAA? So we actually had a little bit of an experience with it this year because we went to the Vandy game, the season opener this year in Nashville, and it was uh, Vanderbilt Stadium's first time selling the alcohol. And our experience with it was is that it, it took a long time because the lo locations to purchase are small. The lines are very long. Really, really long. And in turn, people didn't really get the opportunity to consume a ton. So we didn't really see a lot of ruckus in the stands. I have read that since they instituted it in West Virginia, that they've had less problems post game because I think the inclination prior to it was, well, hey, man, we can't have any drinks during the ball game. We're going to load up. And then you go in the game, you got people getting sick and I don't know. I think about it now from like a parent's perspective, and I don't want to be sitting in the section with somebody that's so inebriated that I have to like protect my kid from a what they're saying or if they get sick or I, I don't. Right. So if the alcohol sales mitigates that yeah. and allows people to act normal, it wouldn't bother me. I, I'm really not here nor there about it because once I get in the stadium, that is the last thing I'm thinking about. I want to watch the ball game, and it, it wouldn't bother me one way or the other. Right. As long as it was maintained properly and people weren't acting like fools it wouldn't bother me it's interesting though because you think about you know the experience that we have at our stadium here sometimes it's tough to get into the bathroom can you imagine waiting on a beer like i would never i don't think it's very viable it's interesting that they have it in the club levels and those high-end seats that they can have drinks there but kids are gonna find a way i mean you know you see those airplane bottles all over our stadium and and that's a hard thing as a parent now because i'm i hear everything you know and we teach our kids smart people use smart words but you know, when you get into an environment like that, it's it's kind of tough. So I'm I'm kind of with you, you know. But I I just don't see how if you want to spend the entire game waiting in line to get a beer, why don't you just turn on the radio at Creature Conference? You know, why even come to the stadium? Yeah, why are you there? Watch it on TV. Watch it at your house. Watch it at a bar. Yeah. Well, that's how Boss and I were at Vandy. I mean, we 
we didn't we didn't purchase because man I, I was there to watch the ball game you know I'm, I'm i came all the way to nashville to watch the dogs i can have a i can have a beer at home you know i mean we're opening a restaurant in nashville coming up in spring i want i cannot wait to get up there i'm i want to go i've heard it's really small i didn't have a chance to go this year but that's on my list i mean Nashville is such a great place to visit. It'd be fun to go see a ball game there. Jamie, you know what's interesting about it, which I didn't realize until we went? It is, it's in the city. You are essentially on a city block when you're at the stadium, and the baseball field is directly next door to it. And so we walked around the baseball field, and they were replacing the field turf. So the entire field was gone, and all that was there was all like the rubber pellets they put down as the base layer. Uh, but really nice baseball facility. Uh, I thought the stadium, given – kind of where they are as the program i thought it was very nice awesome place to watch a game because no matter where you sit it's one level so there's no bad seat in the place so yeah i i enjoyed it i would go back there in a heartbeat i mean any excuse to go to nashville i'll take it but you go to nashville and see the dogs man that's a double whammy double win so there ought to be a constitutional amendment outline noon kickoffs yes or no um i'll go yes i mean i go to noon games but i think the environment has a huge impact on the team. And I just don't think that the nation is together by noon enough to support the team. We come out kind of flat. And plus, it's so fire hot. I mean, I would institute night games only until about week four. Because if I sit in the full sun at 12 o'clock and it's 115 degrees very many more times, well, I'm still going to keep going, but I'm going to complain about it. <laughs> we sat there one year oh lord i like to melt it i must i probably got down to 225 after that game <laughs> all right last one uh for the college football playoff expand to eight teams or find how it is from my perspective i feel like we're going to be in the top four coming out of the sec I don't care, man. I, I really don't care. I, I think it's inevitable, though, because of the money. I think it's, you know, it's kind of the same as the pro aspect. There's too much money there to be ignored. They're going to figure out a way to do it. I think it's baloney to worry about the kids and their schedule and what they do and this and that and all the other. And then they're just going to add all these games. The Division Three plays a, a playoff scenario that I think is really cool. The way they do it is is cool. But you know, invite in. I love to play different teams too. Let's expand it out, and that way we don't have to hear from a fan base about they got cheated. They're not in a big enough division. You know, let's let one of these guys that roll through and maybe lose one game through the year. Let them come in to the to to and let's see. Let let let's figure it out on the field. If you know, for uh, like if Boise State last year, if they could have played with some of the big guys. I mean, I love football, so it's it's extra games, but I just think inevitably money's going to win out there. They'll probably expand, and they might not stop at eight. Once the money starts coming, we'll see. Yeah, so Boss and I both did our undergrad at Division One AA schools, and when we were there, it was a 16-team playoff, and now it's expanded to 24, and it's awesome. I mean, they everybody plays. They settle it on the field. There are zero arguments. You either win or you lose. I was surprised. I mean, I understood why they did it because they're trying to do all this balancing with the bowls. But you have five power conferences but only four slots, and they didn't think there was going to be some friction between the different conference commissioners about one of them not getting in the dance. I, so I think that'll be, the to your point, the money aspect of it. The, the one conference, which lately has generally been the Pac-12, they want to get in, you know, they, they want to play too. So I, I agree with you. I think it's going to come eventually. Uh, well, you have successfully completed 
the Smart 16, you, you, you probably were our best Smart 16 guest thus far because you like to talk just as much as we do. So it's awesome. That was fantastic. It's in my job description, bro. It comes right under dishwasher as talker. I love it, brother. I love it. Well, Jamie, we're just we're, we're just so thankful that you came on and spent some time with us. We certainly loved hearing your stories and, and hearing your passion for Georgia and for the Bulldogs. And uh, you are welcome back on any time if you want to come talk shop with us. And next time we're in Athens, we're going to hit you up for one of them Bloody Marys, brother. Okay, well, I'll, I'll talk to you all tomorrow then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Right. So we're in, man. We're, we're in. We'll talk about the baseball game tonight. I'm pulling for you guys. I think this is awesome. I'm really, really excited for you. And, and uh, you know, it, it can be a curse sometimes, but I tell you, y- y- y'all are starting this, and I hope everything you wish for comes true. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. We certainly appreciate it. And I felt this way before we talked to you, but I certainly feel this way now. Jamie Dean, damn good dog for sure. So, DGD. God bless you, brother. Go dogs. Go dogs. That concludes part two of our interview with Jamie Dean and, and the whole interview. And, you know, again, Jamie was fantastic, so gracious with us and such a fun conversation all the way throughout. I mean, I felt like we could have talked to him for a while. A lot of laughs. Great time. What what were your thoughts on on the part two of the interview and and the interview as a whole? Well, on the interview as a whole, like like I said in the first part, if we would have had time, we definitely could have talked for several hours with Jamie. He was very gracious with his time. He was loved to talk, loved to tell stories, and the stories were great. And a lot of the stories... You know, we go into all of our interviews with a structure that we like to have. And with him, it was very conversational. And most of his answers led to follow-up questions to the original questions, not like our structure kind of just went straight out the window. It was definitely not your typical interview process like we normally do. So it was a very fun interview. I mean, I, I really hope that hopefully after next season, you know, praying that there is a next season that we get to interview him again and you know hopefully the dogs will be on top and we'll have good things to talk about and I, I would love to make it so that it's a yearly interview with him just to catch up talk about the dogs and talk about life in general because he's just he's that type of guy he's just a very fun interview great guy to talk to in general and like you said his stories the hat he got from mr siler is, is a great story and his memories of the rose bowl and i loved his statement and you and I both wholeheartedly agree that if we were told right now that the dogs were going to play in the Rose Bowl for the national championship, we'd start walking right now. And he he said that, and we both wholeheartedly agreed. That is a quote that I loved of his. I hope Jamie and his family are doing well, and you know we both you know hope we get to talk to him again soon. Yeah, I love that Rose Bowl quote, and it summed it up so well for me too. Because I mean that that's that hits the the nail on the head, man. I mean I would I would walk my rear end all the way to Pasadena. It's just that kind of magical experience, totally worth it. I, I kept thinking while we were talking to him, I was like, this is like the coolest pregame tailgate conversation that I've ever had. Like just super open. Love talking about the dogs, had these specific memories that he shared with us. And it was just awesome. Just kept thinking, you know, have a couple burgers, sit on the deck, watch the, the pregame show and watch the game. It'd be just a great conversation. So um, I agree with you. I, I think kind of having Jamie back on, if he wants to come back on, we would love that. If he wants to come on and pick games during the week when the season comes back, man, we'd love to do that. He was just a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of passion, a lot of energy. And I also just thought too, man, he's just so authentic. Um, so authentically himself, uh, which is hard to find in the world. And it was just a breath of fresh air uh, in these times. So, yeah, I'm with you. I hope Jamie and his family are doing great. And we're certainly thinking about them and, and everybody else in Dog Nation. So go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.